Welcome to the Guru Investor Podcast. On this podcast, we offer audio versions of our articles from Validity's Guru Investor blog. To read our articles or to sign up to receive notification when we publish new research, please go to our website at blog.validity.com. The article I'll read in this episode is titled Moves to Consider to Help Protect Your Portfolio. It was originally published May 5th, 2021. Over the past few weeks, I've had conversations with a number of investors about the market's amazing move higher, the astonishing performance in small cap cyclicals and some of the areas of the market that seem to be the hardest hit during the economic downturn. Not to mention, the market looks expensive based on most traditional valuation metrics. While most investors are happy to see the portfolios significantly higher than a year ago, some are asking about the strategies that may help to protect some of their profits. And that is what I want to focus on in this article. But before I discuss that, it's important to understand that anytime there are investment decisions that involve changing parts of a portfolio, there are implicit set of decisions that may add or detract from returns over different periods of time. For most investors, finding an appropriate asset allocation and rebalancing and adjusting based on your risk tolerance and time horizon is the most important and best course of action. But for those investors that are more active or have a more opportunistic approach to investing, here are some considerations for how to protect some of your profits in today's market. Active rebalancing and diversification. Consider an investor that was invested in 50 a 50-50 blend of stocks and bonds at the March bottom low of last year. That investor would now be nearly 70% in stocks and 30% in bonds due to the fact that stocks have performed so well relative to bonds since then. When you have an outside move in one asset class over another, it can make sense to rebalance more actively as a way to make sure that you don't stray too far from your long-term target allocation that is best given your goals and risk tolerance. The return map in the article which was sourced from BlackRock, shows just how the major asset classes jockey between positions in terms of returns in any given year. It's been a great decade for U.S. stocks, nearly doubling the return of the next best asset class, which is REITs, and a horrible decade for commodities. In the next 10 years, it may not look anything like this, so diversifying across asset classes and regions could be a, the prudent thing to do for those investors looking to protect some of the capital and attempt to get some benefits from mean reversion in the markets and various asset classes over time. Look at the laggards. Recently, my partner at Validia wrote an article about how high-quality stocks have underperformed low-quality stocks and how more high-quality stocks are showing up in value screens. This may present an opportunity. The chart in the article shows periods of time going back to 2000 where unprofitable companies outperformed profitable companies and when profitable companies beat unprofitable companies. Investors who have benefited from the low quality stock rally could consider starting to migrate to the higher quality stock category in anticipation of the trend of unprofitable over profitable reversing. International stocks, low volatility stocks like consumer staples and utilities, and financials are a few of the places in the stock market that haven't performed nearly as well as the hotter segments of the market and may be worth considering for those investors looking to shift to parts of the market that may decline less in the event of a downturn or pullback. Hedging and buffering. Investors that want a more direct play on a decline in the market could look at methodically adding exposure to lower risk asset classes or vehicles that go up when the market goes down, such as a tail risk ETF. Given the fact that market timing is typically a drag on returns, these approaches are more than likely going to reduce returns over time. But given the magnitude of the recent gains in the market, some investors may be willing to take the risk to protect the downside. There are also some new ETFs that invest in the S&P 500, but couple that exposure with out-of-the-money put options. This can offer market upside with some tail risk protection. 
The other innovation in the ETF space is buffer ETFs, which are ETFs that can provide investors with some of the market's upside exposure, but take away some of the downside. For example, a May buffer ETF from a popular buffer ETF issuer is offering protection against losses of 9%, 15%, and 30% over one year and upside caps of 136 86 and 6.6% respectively. With products like these, some investors may feel comfortable knowing losses are capped and would be willing to give up some of the upside in the market because of this. Importance of timing. Many investors who purchased stocks last year in taxable accounts may have or could be close to crossing over the 12-month holding period where gains become long-term gains. For those high earners or ultra-wealthy investors who may be possibly impacted by the proposed capital gain rate increase laid out by the Biden administration, it may make sense to sell some of the positions where there's the weakest conviction and look to allocate that money to tax-efficient strategies like direct indexing or ETFs. This isn't so much a risk-reducing tactic, although it could be, but more so a repositioning for a higher tax regime in the future. For retirees who withdraw required minimum distributions, also known as RMDs, from their IRAs, that are worried about the elevated levels in the market, one strategy would be to take the RMD now versus waiting till the end of the year. Due to the CARES Act, RMDs were not required in 2020, and those investors who stayed invested benefited because stocks have come back so much, and more of their money was able to compound and recover. It may now make sense to time the RMD a little more aggressively and take it earlier, so that you know you are withdrawing the money at lofty levels versus having to take the money if stocks pull back materially later on in the year. Speaking of retirement accounts, nearly everything I've outlined in this article would require either having cash on the sidelines and bringing it into the market or through making changes to an existing portfolio, which may produce taxable gains if it's in a taxable account. However, for those individuals where retirement accounts make up a significant portion of their investable assets, portfolio adjustments wouldn't create taxable transactions, which would be a positive for these types of investors. More than just protecting profits now. So these are just a few simple ways to try and reduce the chances of losing a lot in the event of a market sell-off, but that's not to say that these ideas don't come with their own set of risks, downsides, and drawbacks. In general, trying to time when a market sell-off will occur has been a losing proposition for many investors, but investing is all about trade-offs. Things like rebalancing, diversifying, trying to buy where there is value, and paying attention to taxes and withdrawal strategies, these are timeless methods that investors should be thinking about all the time. But when the market is at all-time highs like it is now, and at historical levels from a valuation perspective, some investors may consider these types of portfolio changes as a way to help better manage downside risk. Thank you for listening and or reading my article.